Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When I want to say thank you, I always revert to the traditional, a letter on some bespoke paper or a beautiful card. As more of us communicate by email and text, the written word is becoming more special. Today's sponsor is all about this. Beautiful paper things are very much Papier's thing. Papier are the go-to website for stationery, invitations, cards and photo books, all ready to be personalised by you and expertly printed by their team in England on lovely high quality paper. And for every card sold, they donate 30p to the mental health charity Calm. If you wanted something bigger, take a look at their photo books. They're the perfect gift to gather all the good times in one place for him. The best news is that the Parenthood listeners can get 15% off their first order. So whether you simply need to hit refresh on your desk, are planning a party or a wedding for that matter, or just need a good stash of cards, Papier is the place to go. For me, why Papier is so unique is their collection of designs that is created in collaboration with talented artists like Luke Edward Hall and Fee Greening, as well as fashion designers such as Mother of Pearl and House of Holland, and iconic brands such as Disney and Moomin. So head to papier.com to see their full collection and don't forget to use the code THEPARENTHOOD, capital letters, all one word, to get 15% off your first order. Welcome to The Parenthood. I'm a bit starstruck this week because sitting here with me today is someone I've admired for a long time. Last time I saw her was the 4th of August 2012 in the Olympic Stadium in Stratford when from afar I watched her win gold for Great Britain. Jessica Ennis-Hill is the quintessential role model for 21st century women. Focused, determined, fair and with a smile that lights up any screen, Jess is one of the first sportswomen to defy the naysayers and compete successfully after having a child, becoming world champion a year after after her son Reggie was born and going on to win Olympic silver in Rio the year after that. Today she's a dame and a busy mother of two. Olivia was born in 2017 and while she no longer competes she continues to empower and inspire women. Wanting to make use of her life of understanding the human body and its physical potential, Jess has launched a fitness app, Genis, designed for pregnant and postnatal women as well as women who just want an easy and flexible way to get and stay fit. Jess, thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, thank you for having me. And congratulations on the launch of Genis. Oh, thank you very How's much. How's that been? Has that been like your third baby? It has, yeah. It's been so exciting. It's been 
quite stressful there's been lots going on I've been really busy just making it all come together and getting it all right and exactly how I want it to be but it's been such a fantastic process and yeah just really excited that it's finally launching. I'm interested in your relationship with sport now that it's no longer your job was there a part of you where you know basically exercising and working out and pushing yourself to the extreme was such a fundamental part of your career that when you then retired you thought I just want to slob. Yeah, definitely. I think particularly towards the end of my career, I I was still motivated. I still wanted to, you know, get to another Olympics and I had still had that aspiration. But I very much started to feel like my motivation was changing slightly and it was more about being motivated to retire. And I was really looking forward to just having that time where, you know, I, I, I could look back and I felt like I'd achieved all I wanted to achieve, but I could very much just stop (laughs) and not have to train every day and not push my body to that extreme and not have all the you know the pressure and the expectation of having to perform and perform at that level constantly so yeah when I did retire I absolutely had a massive sigh of relief and I I didn't want to go to the track I didn't want to run I didn't want to do any kind of exercise I just wanted to just switch off completely and did you do that yeah I definitely did I had I'd say two or three months where I just didn't do hardly any exercise I kind of just had my weekends doing whatever I wanted and I didn't have to do hill runs or any kind of running sessions I just completely let my body relax and just enjoyed that time because I hadn't had that period in my life ever really Um, but then very quickly after that couple of months I started to feel that kind of itch of oh I want to train I don't want to compete but I want to train I want to exercise I want to feel that buzz of exercising again. Do you feel better when you exercise? Yeah, I absolutely do. It's, um, you know, before I retired, my coach said to me, he was like, you'll retire and you won't, you, you won't run again, you won't train. And I was like, absolutely not. I think when you have trained and competed and exercise has been such a massive part of your life, there's no way you can just completely detach yourself from it. So I knew that I'd want to get back into exercising in some way, but I wasn't sure how I wanted to do that. So when I found my route back into exercising and just exercising for fun, no pressure, no expectation. um, Yeah, I just had that amazing buzz of that adrenaline of yeah staying fit and being active again and as a child were you always really sporty it was a sport a big part of your your lifestyle right from the beginning yeah so my parents said I was always you know 100 miles per hour you know I didn't stop I was very impatient I wanted everything yesterday I was always running around everything was a competition to me so I think that you know competitive side and that physical side was always within me and that's partly why my parents took me down to the summer camp and that's how I got introduced to athletics so I think it's always been a part of of who I am and do you think that the sort of sportswoman in you is a part of your DNA or is that a part of what you just wanted? Like how important is that wanting to be the best, that competitiveness when you are an athlete at your level or how much of it is just you just got lucky in nature? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because I, I said a lot when I was competing that 
you know, I've just been really lucky. I've been lucky to have fallen into the hands of a great coach. I was lucky that we got the Olympics in 2012 and I was about 26, the perfect age to peak. The weather was great. All these things just aligned and I felt really lucky. But then my coach would say, well, no, because, you know, you, you have a talent and that's something that was within me, but it's how you channel that talent. And there's so many distractions in life. There's so many things that can pull you in so many directions. And you know, there's a lot of talented people out there, um, you know, sporting wise or otherwise, but if it's not channeled and your mind isn't there to, to, to process it and put it in the right way, then you ultimately don't achieve. So it's a really interesting, I did a psychology degree, so I'm always fascinated by how much is who you are genetically and nurture or, you know, nature, sorry, and, or is it your family? Is it your environment? Is it you know the the places that you found yourself the people that you've surrounded yourself with what is is the strong one and ultimately it's both isn't it you have to have both of those elements to to be successful and yeah they all kind of came together for me within within my athletic career and I mean that was going to be my next question about you reading psychology at university did you ever consider another career was that just a really clever way of understanding a bit more about the human psyche and how we can push ourselves harder yes I did psychology at a level and it was something that always fascinated me I was always interested in human behavior and clinical psychology and just how incredible our brain is and how much we don't understand about you know what the brain can actually do um, and how it affects our behavior and for me psychology was more of a backup plan so I, I always knew that I wanted to be an athlete I was so determined that I wanted to be an Olympian I wanted to get to the top of my game but I was very aware that injuries happen and things happen without your out of your control and you know my parents were you know kind of sat me down and said just you know pursue your athletics but just remember that if it all doesn't come together you know what's your backup plan sort of thing and I always wanted to study and continue studying so I, I chose psychology and yeah I'm glad I did because I feel it did give me a great understanding of of you know human behavior and particularly the mind and how how powerful it can be when you're in certain situations and I think one of my my strengths within my career has been my like my mentality if anything else. Yeah, so interesting. I remember talking to James Cracknell about his sort of teammates and he was always the one, you know, in the rowing team that was just so desperate to win, even though he wasn't the biggest and the strongest. Mm. And he always used to say, it really annoyed me that Matt Pinsent had just like the body and the strength, but he didn't <laughs> want it as much as me. He was like, if he wanted it as much as I did, then he'd be the most amazing rower there ever was. <laughs> and it drove him nuts. <laughs> it's, it's so many different personalities though, isn't it? And it's how you channel yourself to get the best out of your performances and you know some people are very laid back but still are managed you know managed to achieve incredible things and other people are very fired up physically you know you can physically see that they want something and, and you know are equally as successful but yeah personalities are so different within sport I think. Um, did you always wanted to be a mother? Was that was that was on your radar? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Always wanted to be a mum. I I never knew when it would happen, and I always knew that athletics was a huge focus. And obviously, your body is everything with you know when you're a sports person. But I yeah, I always wanted kids. I always wanted to have a family. 
And so you married Andy at the height of your career. Mm. Did anyone talk to you about, did anyone sit down and have a chat and go, well, are you planning kids? And if so, do we need to plan this at the right time? Was that a part of your dialogue or? Uh, so my coach did kind of like skirt around it because I suppose as soon as you get married, the next question is, are you having a baby? When are you gonna have kids? But I hadn't really thought about it that much. It was all just the Olympics, the Olympics, the Olympics. And then it was wedding, wedding, wedding. And I was just so excited about that. Um, and my coach did, I remember a conversation where he was kind of like well I think you know maybe like after the come off games in 2014 that might be a good time for to have a little break and, and I was just very much of the mind of you can't you just can't plan these things it will happen when it happens if it happens and you know you just have to adapt and deal with it and it happened when it happened and it was just the most perfect timing for me. And did you feel anxious or guilty telling your team? Because obviously their plans would have to change. You know, pregnancy wasn't part of what mm. they'd anticipated for that year. How did you feel when you had to break the news to them that you were pregnant? Yeah, I, it honestly was the most nerve-wracking time of my life. I think like most women who find themselves pregnant for the first time, you, ha you feel like you're deceiving people. You have to be really secretive. And obviously that's, you know your own personal thing but you want to make sure that your baby's fine you have your first scan and then you feel ready to tell people but I felt like I was hiding something from everyone and everyone had this plan of the competitions that I was going to do and the next few years planned out because you very much do within the world of sport so I felt really nervous telling everyone and didn't know what the reaction would be um but yeah, after my coach's initial shock, <laughs> he then did kind of settle down and we started looking at plan B and C and D <laughs> and um, everything worked out and they were all very supportive. So I, I was very lucky. And did you wait until 12 weeks to tell them? Yeah, so I think I told them, I can't remember, it seems like such a long time ago now. I think I told them just just before, yeah, because I'd had an early scan. So I told And them did you before. not worry? I mean, surely your training, did it change in those first 12 weeks? And did you, I mean, we all change so much and our bodies are often mm. under the most amount of strain in those, those first weeks. Yeah, so I just, again, I, I didn't quite know what I was supposed to do and what I could do, what I couldn't do. I turned to my physio, Ali Rose, and my coach to kind of guide me and, and help me understand how my body was changing and what was safe to do and I feel really fortunate that I had them there to just to help kind of take out all this confusion that's you know surrounding us you go onto the internet and google things and it's just you can do this but you can't do that there's a pregnant lady weightlifting but there's someone that's doing something completely different and saying don't do this and it's really really confusing so I, I did feel very fortunate that I had those people to to support me and guide me and make sure that I did the right things at the right stage of my pregnancy but also was happy and comfortable and stayed you know really fit and healthy. And how was your pregnancy? Was it was it straightforward? How did you find it? Yeah, so with Reggie, I didn't have many pregnancy symptoms. I was literally like, I'm like, are you sure I'm pregnant? You know, you don't really have much of a bump with your first. I was like, is this really happening? I've got like a, my ears twitching a bit. Maybe I am definitely pregnant. That's a pregnancy <laughs> symptom. Um, so that was, yeah, I had a lovely pregnancy. Um, and then with Liv, I just felt more sick at the beginning and just off things. And I felt like I felt, pregnant a lot more with Liv than with Reggie because I think it was second time round and my body was a bit like oh here we go again <laughs> and it's tough a second time round because mm. you can't you know I just think back to my first pregnancy and the amount of t me time I took and mm. rests and naps and all of that when when you've got your second baby you can't do that no you have no real downtime and you know most of the time you're still up in the night and 
you've got you know a full-on day really and every day is like that so yeah you don't have that time to fully rest I suppose and I think a lot of women have a difficult relationship with their changing body when they're pregnant Mm. Um, and obviously for you your body was your career you know you relied on your body to be the person that you were how was your relationship as your body changed as your pregnancy progressed yeah I I absolutely loved being pregnant and you know people come up to me and say oh how do you feel though like you haven't got a six-pack anymore like you've always had a six-pack and I had pretty much always had a six-pack but I just I just thought it was the most amazing thing just seeing how my body could go from being an elite athlete's body so tight and muscular and so dynamic to just completely change shape and grow my baby I just think it's the most incredible thing and yeah I really enjoyed every stage of the pregnancy not so much towards the end because I was feeling massive and got really impatient and was just really wanted my baby there but I really yeah I really enjoy being pregnant and just just amazed at how your body can change and adapt and yeah grow a human Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss how were your births were they straightforward <laughs> how did you find the actual process of of delivering your so baby? um with reggie i was it was unknown i didn't know what it was going to be like and i knew it would be painful but i was very much of the approach of you know I, i'm not set on having this particular birth i'm not avoiding this i'm just happy to go with the flow because i don't know how my body's going to react to labor and what's going to happen essentially so i was very relaxed and um yeah it was a long labor so i was in labor for about 19 hours and it just i just never experienced pain on that level for that sustained amount of time so when i was training it was always right, you've got five reps to do, but it's just five reps and it's going to take this amount of time. And I could focus my mind and be like, okay, I can get through this because it's only about like 10 minutes of pain. It's, it's fine. It's going to hurt, but it's fine. But with labor, it's like, this is the most horrendous pain. And also it could go on for like five hours a day. We just don't know. It's just going to keep going. And it is, it is so hard. It's so hard. But equally, when your baby arrives, it is just incredible just holding them for the first time but it was yeah it was quite a long stressful labor and then in the end um Reggie had to have a von two so he had to be sucked out and I'd not even really read about that or anything um but I had a fantastic doctor and he was he was just absolutely amazing and you know getting Reggie out safely and yes it all it all worked out but it was very very long and very stressful 
Because it's interesting, I, I teach these antenatal classes and I often um, liken labor to, you know, a big endurance event, so mm. running a marathon. And I always say, listen, it's really important to be prepared. It's important to have like a level of fitness. Yeah. It's also important to be positive. If you believe you can, you're more likely to be able to mm. do it. And that's not sort of shutting out the alternative or feeling like you failed if you have your baby a different way. Yeah. But it's also, I think the media nowadays is it's so powerful at telling us women that it probably will go wrong because there's mm. loads of horrible stories. Mm. And, and I always say to women, listen, just try in the same way that I presume athletes, you're not kind of constantly telling yourself, oh, I'm probably not going to win gold at the Olympics. No. I'm probably not capable of doing that run as quickly as I can. How did you find, it's just interesting me talking to an athlete, how important is that sort of psychological preparation as an athlete? And how did it, um, how did you find it then translated when you were going into labor? Yeah, so I, I definitely agree. I think your mindset and the way you approach things is so powerful. And I suppose with Reggie, it was it was so unknown. I didn't know how I was going to feel and I kind of was just going with it. Whereas because I'd been through pregnancy and labor before with Reggie, then when I was pregnant with Liv, I kind of focused more, I did slightly more yoga. I did more breathing. I really focused on my breathing because before I was like, I don't know if I can breathe out the baby. I don't I don't know if this is going to work. But I really spent quite a lot of time focusing on breathing and some techniques. And actually, I know probably your second labor is slightly easier, but I did it all with gas and air and it was it just seemed more manageable because I think I just focused my mind in a different way um, and it distracted my mind. It massively distracted me and that helped a lot. So I think, yeah, your approach to how you go into labor and your expectations is a huge part of, you know, how you go through that, that labor and, and come out the other end. And, you know, obviously the similarity then is that, you know, it, it gets quite addictive having babies, you know, getting that baby at the end makes suddenly mm. this awful labor so worth it. Mm. And presumably then, you know, whether you're running a marathon or winning a race, you, you know, that high is su such a great high. You're like, well, even though an hour ago I wanted to quit, mm. I, I'm ready to do it again. Yeah. And I, I think after Reggie, I knew that I, I wanted another child. We, we both knew that we, we wanted Reggie to have a sibling. But after Liv, <laughs> I was like, thanks, guys. It's been incredible. Thank you, midwife, doctor. You've all been lovely, but I won't be seeing you again. <laughs> this has been too painful. Um, but yeah, you, you know, you soon forget that pain. And Liv's coming up to 21 months. And quite a few of my friends have just had newborns. And I see them and I think, oh, they are, you know, they're incredible. They're so gorgeous. And yeah, I do have that feeling. But I'm not sure. It's, it's a tough one. <laughs> it's a tough one. And then you look at your children, they're so sort of perfect. I know, I know. I, if, you know, if you could have a baby and they would sleep from two months, 100%, I'd oh, go the again. The amount of people <laughs> I've said, you know, they're like, no, my middle child's the reason I had the last because he was so good and so chilled. Yeah. Had it my last child, I would never have had another baby. <laughs> I know. It's so true. And it's so interesting how different they both are. Reggie and Liv are completely different personalities and characters and yeah it's it's really interesting to see how they differ and, and yet they've that. had the same upbringing and the yeah. same you know essentially the same genetics because yeah. you know and yet they're so different and that's I think what we often forget as parents is we expect our children to sort of come out like little robots like babies are babies but they're mm. not from right from day one they're mm. so different aren't they and I think when you have a logical mind as well you when it comes to sleep and everything you think well 
well, why don't they sleep? Because I'll just do this and I'll change that and it should all work. But no, it doesn't because they're babies and they're completely different characters and personalities. And, you know, they, they do what they want, essentially. And I really learned that with Liv. She's just such a strong character. And you can see her character from, you know, like one month in. Mm-hmm. She's, she's very similar to how she was as a, as a young baby. And yeah, I love that. I love that difference. So I want to talk a bit about kind of going back to work, which obviously for you was going back to competing. Um, And obviously the plan was to go back. But I think a lot of mothers often have this sort of view. I certainly did when I was pregnant with Ludo. I was like, I'll go back to work six weeks after I've given birth. I'll go back full time. That's not going to be an issue. It's only Mm. a baby. And then, of Mm. course, I had him and I was like, oh, that's not going to happen. And (laughs) I had to renege and it was all quite stressful. Did you have any preconceptions about how quickly you'd return to competitive sport and you know did you have any surprises along the way yeah so I didn't think that I would I didn't have a particular time frame in my mind of coming back because my coach was very much you know we'll see how labor goes how you recover we don't know if you're gonna have a c-section or a natural birth there's all these different elements that are going to play a big part to determine when you come back and how you come back and how quickly you come back but in my mind I still thought as soon as I come back I'll just kind of slot into where I left you know where I left off and you know Reggie will be happily just playing in the corner in his buggy you know not making a sound I'd be doing my reps and my session and yeah I'd be the same athlete but I absolutely wasn't and it took a good few months just to build back to a normal level of training and even then my speed was gone my strength was massively gone I just didn't have the turnover in my running sessions I couldn't keep up with the rest of the girls in the group I just found it really difficult and then to throw in another curveball I felt really guilty and I felt emotional that I wasn't with Reggie and I just kept saying to myself is this going to be worth it what am I doing am I you know am I going to get to where I want to be and retire happily on a high or am I going to put all this time and stress and energy into trying to get to a certain point and then you know, pick up an injury just before the games or the world championships and it all be over anyway. So I was really torn with all these feelings and adapting to how my body had changed and the kind of athlete I now was because I was a completely different athlete going back into training. And were there parts of you that were stronger as an athlete? So the one area I massively noticed was uh, my endurance. And obviously when you're pregnant, your blood volume increases by 50 or 60%, I think. Um, So when I did my 800 meter sessions, it was brilliant. I felt that I could just keep going. I just had that extra level. Whereas before I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, I could run well in the 800 meters, but I found it hard. I found it physically draining. But this, you know, this time I was just kind of whizzing around. I could do another rep and just keep going. But massively, my strength declined and my speed declined. So my endurance increased, but the rest declined. And, um, you know, you need a lot of speed and strength in that tathlon for, for most of the events. And in terms of your capacity to sort of push yourself while you're working out, I, I kind of found like after giving birth, after experiencing labor, I would push myself harder because nothing mm. was as painful as contractions. I was like, it's fine. If you want something, then you can go for it. Did you find that that translated to you too? Yeah, you feel like superwoman or super mum. You kind of, 
you have never experienced pain in that way. And I honestly thought I had a high pain threshold. I'd had years of physio from Ali and Ali is brutal. You know, she'll get her elbow in, the bottom of your foot and thumbs everywhere. Um, and that was really painful. And I do lots of horrendous sessions. So I thought, yeah, labor's going to be, it's going to be okay. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be okay. And actually it was so hard and so painful that nothing can ever be as hard as that. So it, it does give you a new perspective on, on what's difficult and what's achievable I think and how athletic are your children do you see these genes these gold medal winning genes um Reggie is he is very physical so he's got really strong calves on him and he's quite yeah he's quite muscular already but he just does not stop he's always running and jumping and he's just very very physical and I don't know if that's going to translate into into sport and you know whether he's going to go into that field but for now he loves being active he plays a bit of tennis he swims he does a bit of football he likes going down to the track and I just want to encourage him to enjoy sport whatever level it might be and and then Liv is just you know she's still so young but she you know she's running after her brother everywhere and she's running around the kitchen and she's trying to jump and do everything that he's doing so yeah I don't know but I I hope that they take enjoyment from sport. And do you think, do you worry that they might feel pressure to be good at sport because of who their mum is? Yeah, I do. And I probably wouldn't actively encourage them into athletics because I never want them to feel that they are compared to me or that there's any kind of expectation for them to achieve anything that I've achieved. I want them to enjoy sport for them um, because you can gain so much from sport, whatever level you do, and I want them to enjoy it. So, yeah, I definitely, I won't steer them away from athletics, but I won't actively encourage them to do it if that's not something they want to do. And what about, I mean, we're recording in the summer, sports day's coming up. Yes. <laughs> what about that? Are you going to do the parents, the mother's race? Are you going to get involved? <laughs> well, I've joked about it for so many years. And Reggie's only just started school, so he has got his sports day coming up. And, you know, I'd always joke that I'd rock up at school, you know, in full GB kit with my medals <laughs> and my spikes and be like, yeah, running knickers, crop top, let's go. Um, but, I'd, and, you know, I don't think I'm going to do oh, that. Please. I don't think that would go down to <laughs> It would be so funny. I know I think I know it would it would be (laughs) funny I would quite find it quite funny but I'm not sure Reggie would um but yeah I'm I'm really looking forward to his sports day and yeah I just want to he loves running and being active so he's just gonna love it and we're yeah looking forward to watching him um you've talked in the past about um exercise and the importance of exercise when it comes to sort of mental health Mm. um it's something that i has hugely helped me um i find actually that's a big part of why i exercise it's not how i look it's because i want to keep strong but also because Mm -hmm. like a twice weekly run just enables me to sort my thoughts out yeah is that always been the case for you that you've noticed that as well as the kind of strength building there is you know it has an effect on how we process things mentally Yeah, so only in recent years have I really felt the benefit of that because when I was training full-time, even when I was running or doing sessions, my mind wouldn't have cleared. I would always be focusing on the times that I'm running and am I better than where I was last year? Am I where I need to be? I'd still be like processing so much, whereas now I exercise for fun and enjoyment and just to keep healthy and fit and when I do go on a run or do hill runs or do a circuit, I do switch off completely because I'm not, 
I'm not trying to hit a goal or a target. I'm just trying to feel good and positive about myself. And yeah, exercise absolutely gives me such a buzz at the end of it. When I've recovered and I've got myself together, I just love that feeling of, you know, pushing yourself hard and, and knowing that you've worked hard over, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour, but just having that real buzz of just feeling that energy after you've trained and exercised. And what do you like doing now? What kind of, I mean, obviously you, you do your workouts, um, but do you, do you go on runs? Do you go on, do you do that so, still? Yeah, so ironically, when I retired, I said, I'm never doing hill runs. I'm not doing weights. I'm not doing circuits. I'm not doing any of that. And that is actually what I still do because I know those are the three things that make a big difference. You know, I know how to get physically fit because I've done it for so many years. I know what works. And although hill sessions are horrible and I don't, particularly enjoy them I do now I enjoy that you know that feeling of just breaking yourself a little bit you know pushing yourself really hard and I know it gets you fit and you feel great after it so yeah I take my dog on hill runs or I do them with my friend and I do circuits and I do some light weights as well so yeah it's ironic that I do the same thing that I've done for so many years when I just wanted to stop and is running on the flat a total waste of time or is it still beneficial I think it depends what kind of person you are and what kind of training you want. So for me, I personally struggle to run like a 5K or a 10K. I don't like that feeling of just going for that amount of time and plodding along. I need to do something that's more speedy. So over a shorter distance, so I'll run literally 120 meters up a hill, you know, flat out, walk back, recover, and then go again. That's the kind of training that I prefer, just to push yourself really hard, recover, and then push. And that's kind of how I do all my training now. That's what I enjoy. We all, I think, have great ambitions when we're pregnant and, you know, we think we'll get fit. You know, I'm not going to be that mum that still has the, the, the big belly, you know, two years after she's given birth. And, and, and then, you know, you have your baby and you realise that there is no time in the day. <laughs> yeah. I remember thinking, I'm going to sort my house out. I'm going to finally stick all my photos and photo <laughs> albums when I'm like a mum with nothing to do. And then you realise that like, you don't even have time to go to the loo most days. Oh it's gosh. just so yeah. full on. My husband said that to me the other day. He was like, I really need to go to the toilet but Liv won't let me put her down I'm like well you just go to the toilet then don't you and he's like what I'm like that's what you have to do it's it's life now isn't it you don't have those little pockets of time you just you know you're non-stop but that's just parenthood and, and what's so amazing about it in so many funny ways. And you realise too that like the days that you're working are actually kind of a lot easier because you get to eat lunch. You get, yes. to... <laughs> you get to go to the toilet, yeah. you just get to have a little break. And it's so funny when, you know, someone, you hear someone say to her mum, oh, so what do you do? And, you know, she's like, I'm, I'm just a mum. Like, just a mum? Oh, you must have so much time. Like, this is the hardest job ever. Like, seriously, you have no time to do anything. You're just full on, you know, 24-7. Um, so, yeah, it makes you appreciate the time that you had before because, yeah, there's no more respect for a mum or a dad that's you know full-time that's serious I love that hearing that from you because you know people look at what you've achieved and they're like right she is hardcore and for you to acknowledge that actually you know being Olympic gold medalist is one thing but being a mum is tough too and you know, it's, it's a really good message to it's to so have. tough and I think it's about accepting you know being a parent is the most amazing thing and your children are incredible but it's about saying as well you know it is hard and you are tired and you do question everything you feel guilty about everything and you worry about everything but 
you know, it's it's normal to feel like that. And, and so, it's also normal not to love every minute of it. Yeah, of course. There's so many challenges, challenges that you'd never thought you'd be faced with. And, you know, those nights are so hard when your, your baby's young and you just... You know, I remember just stood on the stairs on the landing just thinking, oh, he just won't go to sleep. I, I physically don't know. I've fed him. I've, I've done all this. There's nothing. He just, he's just so unsettled. And it's really hard because you just think there's a logical answer to, to all these questions. And most of the time there's not. And it's about accepting that and knowing that you are a great mom and just you've got to roll with it. Every day is completely different. And so with all of this considered, how hectic it is being a new mum, how important is it that mums continue to exercise? Yeah, I think it's so important. I think it, I know how hard it is and I know there's no time and to fit it in is, is incredibly hard. But if you can find those little pockets of time where you can do 10 minutes, 20 minutes at home, you don't have to go anywhere, just do body weight exercises, you will feel amazing after. It's a huge sense of achievement because, you know, when you started your day, you've just thought there's nowhere I can fit it in. So if you do find that time to do it, it's, it is so rewarding. It's, you know, you feel positive about yourself. You feel confident and mentally you just put yourself in a really great space and do you have days where you just wake up and think I'm just not today not doing it even though I know I should because it's that day that I'd you know yeah and I I still try and make excuses you know I have those days where I'm really tired or I'm a bit like oh I think my throat's a bit sore I better not exercise today but actually I feel fine um and it's just about you know I I do always guilt trip myself and I have that feeling of oh I've said I'm going to do it to myself so I need to do it or almost if you write it down I find that helps so if I even if I put it in my calendar on my phone and say work out here work out there work out there if I know it's there it makes me follow it because it's it's there it's there in writing and when do you do it when do you fit it into your day so normally in the evening when the kids are in bed so like seven o'clock that's when I just get my kit on, go downstairs, get the mats out and do a quick circuit. Or if, you know, Reggie's at school and lives at nursery and I've got time in the morning, once I've dropped them off, I'll go and do hills and walk the dog at the same time. So it's like two birds killed with one stone. So yeah, it's just finding times where it just slots in as as easy as you can. So tell me about Genis, um, uh, the app. So how, how do I get started? Where do I get it from? Yeah, so you can get it on the app store and it's basically pregnancy postnatal and general fitness so it goes through workouts for each trimester depending on what stage you're at there's cardio workouts in there there's some yoga some amazing yoga workouts that my teacher Nicola put together and she was just incredible through both of my pregnancies so she's done a special workout in there and a meditation section as well which I loved when I was pregnant it was just the best bit ever because you just never get that time to completely switch off and yeah she's just got the most soothing relaxing voice and yeah so I definitely say recommend that and then there's postnatal section so there's three stages to postnatal just you know starting to help you activate your core again control your core muscles and and then build on them and then the fitness section is purely you know high intensity fitness workouts for for anyone but also for mums who feel ready to to take on more strenuous activity and so if you're a mum who you know has had a baby a few years ago but hasn't really worked out they can start in that sort of general fitness section can they yeah so I would say to dip into the the end of the postnatal section because there's two workouts there that are lower level not as high intensity so if you feel that you are you want to get back into full exercise but you almost want to just 
remind your body of where it's going to go I would slot back into the end of the postnatal section and try that out and see how you get through that section and then progress on to the fitness Um, because you want to make sure you're 100% ready because they are they are high intensity they're timed reps for each um, each exercise that you do and there's seven exercises for each exercises for each set but they are you know they're explosive activities those burpees and they're you know dynamic moves so you want to make sure that you're yeah 100 100% ready to to take on that because I'm sure there'll be people out there going well you know I have my really expensive gym membership and I'm pretty fit and I'm quite proud of it mm. how fit can I actually get from a fitness app mm. yeah I know I think you know we all exercise in completely different ways I think particularly for mums I know I have absolutely no time to find that energy and time to get ready get to a gym do a session and then come back for me it's about having a really short amount of time and having a 20 minute circuit to just absolutely blast your body and these are the circuits that I did you know all the time when I was training my coach would always default back to these workouts because they work you know they get your heart raised they get your you know your aerobic system pumping and they get you really out of breath but equally they work your you know your isolated muscles really well and they build up a lot of lactic and you feel absolutely exhausted after them but you feel amazing and you'll see your fitness increase week on week great and how long do the sessions last so the beginners are about 20 minutes and then about intermediates just over 20 25 minutes and then the advance is slightly longer about 30 minutes um just because the time duration is a bit longer because you're working a bit harder in advance that's great 30 minutes three times a week i mean that's going to get you a really good fitness level isn't it yeah and that's the thing i think people often think that they need to go and do you know 45 minutes an hour session to really create change and get fit but actually if you push yourself really hard for 20 30 seconds let your body recover slightly and then go again keep hitting yourself like that then you're going to push your aerobic capacity your strength and your fitness will increase massively brilliant and cost wise what's what's the cost um of the app so it's 9.99 per month um and there are package deals where you can purchase 12 months as well so it's a fraction of the price of a gym exactly yeah and you can just do it all at home yeah hopefully it's really simple and easy for you to follow and and you don't need that much equipment no dumbbell kettlebell mat um and that's about it really yeah so just get them off of amazon and then have them at home and suddenly no need to be a member of a gym yeah so on the website we've got a little click where you can click through to all the amazon um purchases and yeah it's all just hopefully made really simple that you can just click 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 and then you know be on your way and yeah hopefully get fit and take some real enjoyment from it it sounds like you can tell it's been uh, designed by mum it's all <laughs> yeah. about the practicality it is, yeah. it is practicality and for it to be yeah massively time efficient well I can't wait to try it out oh thank you Jess thanks so much for coming along uh, to parenthood today but also for continuing to inspire us as mothers but also our children I'm really honored to have met you and spent the day with you thank you so much oh thank you so much and thank you all for listening to another episode of the parenthood please don't forget to subscribe rate and review us but most of all if you think we're worthy of it just talk about the parenthood to your friends you can find out what i'm recording next on my instagram it's at marina.fogel but in the meantime from jess and me thanks for listening and goodbye
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.